that love that will never need to hide Love will always rise above Now we're one with the sun over our heads And at night we'll be the stars Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me Hello, hello. Good weekend, Parkview. Good to see you. Everybody around here, Orland, welcome, a welcome. Everybody online, hello to you all, wherever you may be, uh, traveling, vacationing. Homer Glenn, New Linux, glad you're here today uh, as we continue our summertime teaching series, diving into God's Word. And we're going to do that today, but before we step into our study today, uh, that's going to be, I think, really, really uh, fruitful and, and good for all of us to carry into this week. Uh, I do want to take just a moment and have a time of prayer and have a time of just silence. As, as so many of you know and received texts and emails and calls of just uh, a lot that's happened in uh, our city around Chicagoland the last week, um, being able to obviously uh, celebrate Independence Day and being so thankful uh, for so many who have sacrificed and given uh, for us to have the freedoms we do, but then also a lot of the violence that's happened around the city, uh, in the city, out at Highland Park, in the parade, all these things. Uh, it's, it's hard to know what to say sometimes uh, to our kids, to friends, to neighbors. Um, it's just, and I, I think, and, and the team around here believes the best thing we can do is just pause our hearts for a moment. Uh, and a lot of you have been affected by this or know people that you're trying to walk along with directly. And so we want to just ask for God's uh, presence in our lives as we head into this week and as we head into a really, really good study today. So if you're comfortable with that, would you just bow your heads with me for just a moment uh, around all campuses, gathering together all around Chicagoland. God, we come to you today and we're so grateful for your grace on us. And God, a lot of times we just have no idea and don't understand exactly how and why things happen in our world, why they're allowed to happen the way they do. God, I pray for those who are affected by so many uh, of different acts of violence over the course of the last week and actually many weeks around Chicagoland. But God, specifically the last week, and I pray that you would be with those who are walking alongside people. You would give them words and you would give them patience and you would just let them be there. God, help us to keep trusting you and following you and help us to be a good picture of Jesus this week to a world that really, really needs that as much as ever. God, thanks for the opportunity we have to gather up and study. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen. Well, today I'm going to share a, a message with you that I first heard in my life, a version of this, about 20 years ago, so a while back. And, and then by extension, I first shared a version of this message with you all at Parkview 2016, so six or so years ago. If you've been around here, some of you maybe weren't around here in 2016, maybe 30% of you or something like that. Some of you maybe weren't here that week in 2016. So I'm, I'm going to share a message with you. And the message today 
Um, it's, it's, I'm, I'm going to use words. I'm going to use sentences, obviously, to communicate. We're going to read some paragraphs in the Bible from the book of Genesis. But I, here's what I want you to know. It's not really about words today. Today is a picture. It's an image By the time we get done with our study today, it should be painting in your head a picture of who God is, what God is like in our lives. So I'm going to say a lot of words, but my hope is today, when you leave out of here, you don't have just a bunch of words and sentences, but you have a picture, you have an image that you'll be able to take with you and lean on for years to come. I've reflected on this every two or three days in my life. No kidding, for the last 20 years, I've had this image and this thought in my mind. And this is what I want to make sure is in all of our hearts as we continue on into this summer today. So, if you're ready for that, here we go. To get us all headed in the same direction, here's the first question I want to ask you. What is your most recent step of faith? Maybe you've been around church a long time, maybe you've been around church just a little bit. But what's your most recent step of faith? When did you step outside your comfort zone? That's what faith is. It's stepping outside your comfort zone for God or for someone else in your life. When have you stepped outside your comfort zone for someone else or for God? Maybe it's a big thing you did in the last few days or weeks or months. Maybe it's just something small you wouldn't even want to mention. I know a lot of times when you start hearing preachers talk about faith and and taking steps of faith, you're you're pretty sure that, you know, like a big faith story is happening, right, that is going to come. I mean, that's what preachers do, right? They tell big faith stories on weekends like this. You know, it's, it's, it's like the preacher is preaching and they say, okay, so here's my story. You know, this earlier, you know, a week or two ago, I was on an airplane. And uh, the airplane was pretty much completely full. Every seat was taken except there was a seat right by me that was open. God was saving it for me. You know, and that's the way the story usually goes. And, and then the preacher says, but guess what? Right before, you know, everybody got on, one last person comes in and they sit down in that seat right beside me. And the person sitting in that seat, I mean, maybe they looked a little rough. They had on, you know, the preacher says they had on a t-shirt and it had like an upside down cross on it. So they're maybe, I don't, okay, just a minute here. And I looked at their forearm and on their forearm it had a tattoo and it said pastor. And then it had a cross through it, an X through it. You know, and the preacher, this is kind of the big story that preachers tell about big steps of faith. And, and so, you know, it was kind of quiet, but maybe about 20 minutes into the flight, the preacher starts talking about how they started talking. And, and this person, this guy starts opening up and starts sharing his life and pretty soon starts getting emotional. And by the time the flight is about over, the preacher is baptizing this man in the lavatory of the airplane. Right? I mean, that's how it works. That's how preacher stories work a lot of times. And everybody's cheering on the airplane, and they're saying, can I be baptized in the lavatory? You know, I've never been baptized at 33,000 feet. That would be fantastic. That's the way preacher story goes. Here's the thing. I don't have one of those today. I don't. I have a little one. I have a little faith story, a tiny little faith story, because I want us all to realize that God can do big things through little steps. Amen? He can. He does all the time. Some of you who know me for the last six, seven years, some of you follow, we follow each other on social media, Instagram, you know that I like to DJ. I like to get turntables, I like to get music. I did that all the way through high school, I did that through college, and even now, I do that still, but in my garage, okay? I don't do it for people, okay? I do it at the end of the day, I wanna get some music on, I wanna unwind, I DJ in my garage. About three months ago, A friend of mine, one of my closest friends in Arizona, asked me to DJ 
to do all the music for his youngest daughter's wedding. Like the walking down the aisle stuff, the first dance stuff, all that. And I was like, I, I, I don't think so. I DJ in the garage. I don't want to mess that up, right? But <clears throat> make a long story, medium length. Um, we, <laughs> a, a, a week ago, I did it. I, I stepped out for him. I stepped out of, you know, I haven't done this for a long time, years, decades. And I stepped out and I DJed for them in San Diego last Sunday night. Here's a picture of me behind uh, the tables there. That's my friend Chad doing the first dance under the stars with his girl, uh, with his youngest daughter. And I'm so glad uh, that I did that. Here's a picture of, of me behind the, the wheels of steel. My crazy, I got my crazy pants on, okay, my DJ pants. I still have those, okay, so... Don't, don't, don't egg me on. I will, I'll wear them, okay? I'm, I'm still here a lot this summer, so you may, okay? So anyway, I bring, I bring all this up, uh, these conversations about comfort zones, because I'm pretty sure that as a congregation, as a church, and as individuals, every single week, every single day, we have to think about, am I going to step out in faith, or am I just going to stay back? Am, am I not going to take that risk? Am I going to play it safe? And the story we're going to study in the Bible today is about Abraham. Abraham is an incredible person in the book of Genesis in the very first part of the Bible. And he takes this incredible climb up this mountain of faith. And the climb that Abraham takes up the mountain of faith is very similar to the climb that you and I have even this week as we try and walk and live out our faith. So if you have a Bible, Genesis chapter 22 is where we're going to be if you have a smartphone on you, if you have a cell phone, um, if, if you're sitting by somebody who's memorized the Bible. Um, wh- however it is you locate things in the Bible these days, okay? Genesis chapter 22, we're not going to put it all up on the screen because there's going to be quite a bit of it. So I'm just going to read this to you. Some of you will have heard this story before, and I'm just going to ask you to pretend, act as if you have not. Let it I know you have stuff to do later today and this week, but let this just sink in for the next 20, 25 minutes as we study through this and ask God to paint a picture of who he is in your head. And I think he will. Genesis chapter 22, starting in verse one. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied, And then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah and sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I'll tell you about. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and saddled his donkey and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place that God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and he saw the place in the distance. And he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. And we will worship, then we'll come back to you. So Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and he placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. And Isaac spoke up to his father, Abraham. Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the the wood are here, Isaac said, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. 
When they reached the place that God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. And then he bound up his son, Isaac, and he laid him on top of the wood. And he reached out his hand and he took his knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. How quickly do you think he said that? Oh, yeah, yeah, what, anything? What do you need? I'm listening. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and he took the ram and he sacrificed the ram as a burnt offering instead of his son. And Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Today I want us to realize that there are two sides to this story. There are two slopes, if you will, to this mountain. If you're taking notes, or if you wanna take a picture of the screen, if you're taking notes, here's the first side. Slope number one is Abraham and Isaac's side of the mountain. Can you imagine what Abraham must have been thinking as he prepared for that journey and he headed off to that place where God was calling him to sacrifice his son? I mean, that didn't make a lot of sense. I mean, this is the son, for some of you who have studied the Bible and spent some time in the book of Genesis, you know that this is the son that God had promised to Abraham, and he had told Abraham that this son would be the beginning of all of your descendants. You're going to have tons and tons and tons of kids, and they're all going to come through this lineage and through this son. It didn't make a lot of sense. Why sacrifice? This is also the son that Abraham and his wife Sarah had been praying for. For decades and decades and decades, they had been praying for this son. We learn in Genesis chapter 17, just a few chapters earlier, we were just reading in Genesis chapter 22, right? But in Genesis chapter 17, we come to realize that when Isaac was born, Abraham, his dad, was a hundred years old. That's how long they've been waiting. He was a hundred when Isaac is born. Dads, I don't know if any of you feel like you have a child later on in life, you know, you're thinking, how am I ever going to throw the ball with them in the backyard? Think about 100 years old. And Sarah, you know how old Sarah is? She's 90. She's 90 when she has this baby Isaac. Ladies, I don't know if you feel like you've waited a while, but that's a while. I mean, she's going to, she's getting diapers and depends in the same like the same Costco thing. This is, Isaac is this special, special son. No doubt about it in every single way. This is also the very same son that Abraham was called to sacrifice. It doesn't it just, it doesn't make sense. Do you, do you ever feel like you're at a place in your life where God, he's not exactly making sense? This is also the son that walked alongside Abraham for three days. And then the Bible says on the third day, Abraham sees this mountain in the distance where they're supposed to be going. And in verse five, take a look at what it says. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there and we will worship and then we'll come back to you. 
Everybody say worship. Worship. We need to settle in on that for just a moment. And maybe some of you have already realized and internalized this, but I want us all to understand that worship in Abraham's day was very different than worship for us today. In Abraham's day, the time that we're studying, in order for worship to happen, it always meant a sacrifice. There had to be a sacrifice for worship to happen. In other words, for worship to happen, something had to die. That's how you worshiped God, is you made a sacrifice to God. Now, we are so far removed from that today, right? I mean, so oftentimes today, we equate worship with music, right? We have worship music, we have songs, and that is worship for us. It's just very different than way, the way it was then. We, put, we have lights and sound, we have incredible worship teams on all of our campuses, and, and we do have incredible times of worship. But again, it is very different than the way it was in Abraham's day and age. Worship always meant a sacrifice needed to be made. And everybody traveling along with Abraham understood that. They also realized that they only had two of the three things they needed. They had the wood and they had the fire, but they were missing something. In fact, Isaac, Abraham's son, brings this up in verse 7. Can you just let yourself settle into this for just a moment? Here's Abraham walking with his son Isaac up this hill and he's telling him we're going to worship God, we're going to make a sacrifice and Isaac has to be thinking, this, I get to go with dad, I get to do the worship thing, this is going to be fantastic and then he says, dad, it looks like we have most of what we need, I'm, I'm carrying the wood and it looks like you have the fire and the knife, but where's the lamb? Where's where's the animal for the sacrifice for us to worship. Verse eight, Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. And when they get to the place where God had told Abraham about, it says that he built an altar there which was probably just a bunch of rocks all piled up, you know, kind of into a big pile and triangle kind of thing. And then it says he takes the wood that his son was carrying and he puts that up on the altar. And then it goes on to say, we just read it, it, it says that he takes some rope and he bound up his son. He ties up his, his son and he somehow gets him up on top of that altar. And then he takes that knife and he's ready to make the sacrifice and, and slay his son. Can you imagine what must be going through his mind at this time? Can, can you imagine him saying, okay, God, are you even aware of what's happening? And what about Isaac? Can you just see him going, Dad, this is not what I thought we were doing. This, this is not looking good right now. What's happening? By the way, did you know that many, many Bible scholars believe that Isaac 
was about 25 or 30 years old at this point in his life. And so if the picture that is being painted in your mind is a dad tying up his little eight or nine or 10 year old son, you probably need to change that picture to a dad tying up his 25 or 30 year old son and putting him up on the altar. And that changes the picture, doesn't it? Because at 25 or 30 years old, he could have certainly rebelled against, he could have pushed back against his father. I mean, his dad is a hundred. He could have overpowered him. But instead he surrenders. He, he trusts his father, he trusts his dad, he allows himself to be bound up. And so here you have Isaac, this 25, 30 year old young man, he's bound up, he's laying on the altar on the wood that he carried. His father has that knife up in the air to sacrifice him. And what I want us to realize is that from their perspective, from their side of the mountain, hope is just about gone. I don't see where this goes. We're moments away from this. From their side, I don't know how things go. I wanna pause there and I wanna bring all of us into this story, all of us into this picture that is being painted. You ever been there? You ever been at a moment in your life, maybe it was a few years ago or a few months, maybe in just this last week where you're just trying to follow after God, you're not exactly sure what God is calling you to do, but you think it is and you're trying to travel towards him and you're trying to do what God wants you to do, but it's not making as much sense as you would like for it to. And in fact, it seems like I have no idea what's getting ready to happen here. And from your perspective in your life, from your perspective, it seems like hope is just about gone. I don't see how this works. Maybe for you it's been that way in your marriage for a while. Maybe your marriage over the course of the last few years has been strained. Um, COVID didn't help that. I mean, you have to be in the same house forever. And so there's just a lot of you know, tension and that sort of thing. But maybe things have been getting better the last few months and you've been having a date night because you need to have a date night on the schedule and you've even been having a meeting to talk about financial things and things just seem to be getting better. But then maybe a few nights or a few weeks ago after the kids went to bed, your spouse sat down in the living room with you and said, you know what, I don't think I can do it anymore. And from your side of things, it feels like hope is just about gone. Or maybe you have a kid one of your children or one of your grandkids who ran a ways away from God and you've been praying for him like crazy and other people have been praying for him and guess what, they haven't gotten any closer to God and what has happened is it feels like they've actually gotten even further. And from your perspective, it's like, I don't know how this works. I don't even know what to pray anymore. Maybe it's in your financial life, you look at your bills you look at your car payment, you look at your mortgage, and you're thinking, I, this is it. it. I'm not sure how to make it this month. And here's what I just know. I know this to be true. On all of our campuses around Chicagoland this weekend, there's a whole lot of us who feel like we're in a similar position maybe to Abraham. When you look at your current circumstances, you're thinking to yourself, this, this is it. This is where it all ends. And if you feel that way, if you feel that way at all, here's what I want to say to you as clearly as I can. Do not lose faith. Do not lose faith. Continue to trust in the activity of God in your life. 
You know why? Because there's another side of the mountain that you and I cannot see. There's a second slope. Check this out if you're taking notes. Slope number two is God's side of the mountain. You see, I believe with all of my heart, everything inside of me, that as Abraham, and God is calling Abraham to bring Isaac and the other elements of sacrifice up this side of the mountain, when he starts calling him to travel up this side of the mountain, God also simultaneously, somehow mysteriously, I have no idea how God would do it, but he starts calling a ram to travel up the other side of the mountain. And can you see the picture? As Abraham and Isaac take a step, the ram takes a step. Abraham and Isaac take a step, the ram takes a step. They take a step, the ram takes a step. Can you see the picture that is being painted about our God? And as they get to the top of the mountain, there's about to be this explosion of faith as Abraham's obedience intersect with God's provision in his life. And I want us to realize again, it's, it's so important that, that we catch this. Abraham couldn't see both sides of the mountain. When he's traveling up there with his son, he can't see the other side of the mountain. In other words, Abraham, when he has his son bound up, sitting on top of the altar on the wood that he carried, and his son Isaac says to him, Dad, this, what's going on? This is, this is terrible. Abraham cannot say, hey, 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 Isaac, 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 listen, listen, it's going to be okay, because guess what, guess what, Isaac, we're almost to verse 13, okay, just relax up there, Isaac, 13, you know what verse 13 is, right, remember, Isaac, what happens in verse 13, verse 13 is where that ram gets caught in the thicket, he had no idea that. From his perspective, from his side of the mountain, he could not see that. Just like you and I cannot see both sides of the mountain. Just like you and I cannot always see what God is up to in our lives. And check this out, friends. Only God can see both sides of the mountain. Only God can see what's going on in your world this week. What if Abraham had stopped? probably wouldn't have blamed him. What if he had stopped and said, this is, this is too much, I need more information. I'm gonna sacrifice my son that you, that you gave me. What if he would have allowed his faith to waver? I'm convinced that if Abraham and Isaac had stopped traveling up this side of the mountain, there would have been no reason for the ram to continue to travel up this side of the mountain and get caught in the thicket. There would have been no reason for that. And there would have been no explosion of Abraham's obedience and God's provision. And guess what? We wouldn't be studying this story today. There would be no story. And it causes me to think, how many times do you, how many times do I pause in our climb up the mountain of faith towards God. How many times do you think potentially you've stopped climbing towards God 
running towards his purposes and his ways and his plan just a, a few weeks, a few days, a few hours, even a few minutes before you would intersect with his incredible grace for your life and his mercy for your life and his provision for your life and his resources for your life. How many times do you think you've stopped just short of that? I think when you and I do that, because I know I've done that in my life, I think when we do that, I think all heaven gasps and, and heaven says, no, 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 don't, don't stop now. If you could see what we see from our perspective, because we're way up here, we can see what's going on in your world. If you could see what we see now, you would see that you are just moments away from intersecting with God's purposes and plans and provision. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. I know your marriage seems like, you know, it's just like I, I've been trying, I've been trying, I've been trying, but he won't and she won't and he doesn't, she, you know. All this. But here's what you don't see is this next week, that person, when they go to work, there's going to be that person there who's been trying to get the guts to talk to them for three months, and they're finally going to talk to them, and it's going to do something in their heart, and it's going to do something in their mind, and it's going to change things. Don't stop now. Your child that's running and running even further, I know, I know you feel like they're so far away, it'll never happen, but guess what? This coming semester at school, they're going to meet somebody, and that person that they meet is going to start pulling them back towards God's ways. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. You see, here's the thing, Parkview. Living by faith means trusting in God's plans even before the provision is seen. Trusting in his purposes and his ways, we don't always understand them, but it's doing that even before we understand how we're going to be provided for, how he's going to meet us. One last thing to pull in to this story, to this picture, to this image that we have. And this is just what I believe. This isn't in the Bible, so you can agree or disagree with this for sure. You can argue this. But I believe that God is probably weary of people blaming him for his lack of provision when we ourselves are bankrupt in our own obedience. What happens a lot of times with all of us, including myself, is we wanna just live life at the bottom of the mountain, right? We wanna stay at the bottom of the mountain. We wanna say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to follow you. I'm ready to do big things. I got fired up at church. I got fired up at camp. I got fired up from a friend. I'm ready to do big things. As soon as I see the ram, show me the ram, and I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start walking. Show me the rest. Show me the money, right? Show me the money, right? Right? Show me. The, you're like, Todd, don't ever do that again. Um, show me the ram. Show me the money. And as soon as you do, I'm going to start walking. As soon as I see your provision, I am, I am so going to start walking towards you once I realize how it's all coming together. And God says, that's great. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Unfortunately, that's not how it works. You just keep walking. You just keep taking steps towards me. And as you do that, I promise, I promise, I promise, you are going to intersect with God's perfect faithfulness in your life. See, the amazing thing about this story that we're studying is not just that it happened to Abraham and Isaac. The amazing thing about this story, this picture, this image, is that it still happens every day in our lives. You see, God still meets faith-filled people on top of mountains. 
He does. Many of you have experienced that. Some of you are still traveling and waiting for that. And so here's the next step. Here's the next step for all of us this weekend, what we can take with us into a new week. In what area of your life have you been waiting on God's provision? Just think about it. Just put it in your head right now. Maybe a big thing, maybe a little thing. It may be to pay a car payment. It may be for one of your kids. It may be your marriage. It may be a neighbor. Maybe your own personal health that you've been praying for. What is it? What, what, what have you been thinking and praying about and asking for God's provision, his blessing, his resources, his wisdom, his mercy in your life? What is that? What have you talked to God about recently? You're still waiting on that. Now, once you have that in your mind, let me say this. Just keep following. Just keep trusting. Whatever that is in your heart and mind, just keep walking towards Him, towards God. And I'm telling you, there's another side of a mountain that you can't see. And if you and I keep doing that, you will intersect with His purposes and His provision and His plans for your life. Amen? Let's pray together. God, thanks so much for your good grace on us. Thank you so much for this event with Abraham and Isaac that happened thousands of years ago, but is still just as relevant to our lives today as anything. God, there's so many things that happen in our world and specifically in our own lives families, our relationships that we, that are confusing we don't understand but God help us to realize there's another side of the story another side of the mountain that we can't see and if we'll just keep walking in faith towards you we will meet your faithfulness in our lives God thank you for this picture and this image Help it to be in our hearts and minds and to rely on this in coming days. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen.